Hey there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five tenets of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 20, where we chat with Emily. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right. So, Emily, uh, who are you? Uh, I am very queer. (laughs) I am a, I call myself a recovering Catholic. (laughs) Uh, um, I am a partner. I have a a nesting partner, and I also have a girlfriend. Um, And I don't know. I think that's it. (laughs) Awesome. Do you identify in any other ways? Um, My identity is kind of actually a little complicated for me because it tends to shift a little bit. Uh, I technically identify as bisexual, um, but that doesn't always, I don't feel like that always suits me. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm trying to date, I generally don't look for men at all. If a good one comes my way, cool, I'll roll with that, but I'll probably never seek out a man ever again. So sometimes I call myself a lesbian, Mm -hmm. but honestly, sometimes it just depends on my company. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally, totally there with you. I was in an 11 year, um, marriage to another woman and although i identify as bisexual in the context of that i just called myself a lesbian right a monogamous marriage it didn't make sense to me in the in the moment yeah so i usually use lesbian when i'm like on dating sites or anything like that just because like i'm really really not looking to be approached by men in any way it's pretty rare that that's even okay with me really um but you know i still like men I think that my on, on dating sites draws a particularly unpleasant kind of man, like whatever right. the sort of straight dude equivalent of a unicorn hunter is, yeah. right? Or actual unicorn hunters, yeah. well, which, you know, like yeah. uh, also so they're always looking for yeah. the hot by babe. So yeah. many, so many of them. <laughs> yeah, when I was ever using those, it was definitely I would not identify as bi on them, and just like we'll hold that information for right. an actual conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so, what drew you to Polly? Um, actually, uh, meeting Lindsay, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not not being monogamous, I feel, was always something that I kind of had on my radar, but didn't really understand that this was like a thing that people actually did. It was just kind of monogamy is something I didn't want to do, but I knew nothing beyond that. And then I remember uh, I started I started doing burlesque and it was my first show on New Year's like five years ago. And I saw Lindsay with both of her partners and I'd never seen this before. And I was like, oh my God, she looks so happy. I want to do that. <laughs> and then I like, I had one monogamous partner and I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll try later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that eventually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. So have you earned your toaster yet? My toaster? Yeah. <laughs> like recruiting. <laughs> oh, man. How many people have I pollinated? Huh. I got to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what does polyamory mean to you? Just that I don't, I don't close myself off to love or relationships or whatever kind of connections that can come my way from people, even if they don't really look like how I thought they were going to. So, you know, if I fall in love with a friend, cool, let's see what happens with that. Or if I want to date somebody and it's just not really working, 
You know, I like to be able to kind of shift my relationships around instead of always having to end them based on finding a new one or just how it works out. It gives me a little bit of fluidity. I like that. Um, what do you find difficult about Polly, if anything? Um, most of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the timekeeping and the schedules is tough. Um one of, one of my partners was already in a long-term relationship when I met her. Um, and, you know, that's totally fine with me. Um, I don't have a problem with that at all. My metamor and I are great friends. Um, but, you know, there's just, like, some issues of, you know, like, jealousy and priority that I've kind of had to sift through and dealing with them in a different way than everybody says you're supposed to deal with jealousy. Like, it's some sort of terrible thing. And, you know, just, like, a lot of conflicting things about that. Um, talking to family and coming out and just dealing with people who just don't get it, um, you know, and just kind of don't understand at all. Like most of my family, I think, doesn't understand. So that's a thing. Uh, so I know we kind of talked about when you um, came to polyamory, but was there a time in which you knew you were poly or when you and maybe even before seeing me or meeting me, uh, when you thought you might be polyamorous? I don't think exactly that, because I didn't really know what it was. But pretty much as long as I've been dating, like since I was a teenager, um, I kind of felt like being monogamous and being in relationships was so much pressure. I was like, I want to be in this in this relationship. And I, I, I like this human a lot. Uh, but I also like that human over there. And I don't <laughs> understand why there always has to be a choice. Right. You know, like, what if what if I could just have both? Uh, so I feel like all my life, I've known that like, that was probably not going to work, or I was just like, not going to be happy ever. Mm -hmm. Um but I never really, I never really put that together until I like started meeting people and realizing that people were already doing it. I didn't even know it was a thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, when would you say, um, it sounds, it sounds in that context, like maybe you felt different at that point. Yeah. For a long time. Um, I think I've started maybe around 14 or so, like really realizing seriously that I was not the same kind of lover as other people are and that I was I felt like I was always going to have to like put that away and like there's only there's only one way to love and I'm doing it wrong so like me being in pain my whole life is like kind of on me because I'm the one who's messing up you know which mm. that was a big thing for a while but even even looking back to like being a child and seeing relationships in movies and you know every movie has a damn love triangle mm -hmm. and that always just really bothered me because I'm like well how is this chick supposed to decide between these two guys who are totally different from each other I just I never understood that um you know but everybody's just she's got to make a choice and she's got to choose which one's gonna be the husband and I'm like I don't right can they, they offer different things, though. Can they both be husbands? <laughs> Where do you... Oh. Why does somebody have to be the husband? How come everybody can't just, like, be together? Right. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just all seemed like, like there are so many people and there's so many different things that you can feel about a person, but you all have to make it all line up to fit this one thing. And even when I was, like, a little kid seeing it on TV and stuff, that just didn't make any sense to me at all. 
Mm-hmm. So where do you feel you are in your poly journey? Um, that also fluctuates. <laughs> uh, sometimes I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still pretty early in my journey. I feel, I feel like I've known that I was poly for a few years, uh, but I was in a monogamous relationship for those few years. Um, and so I tried, I tried to stick that out and make my partner happy and ultimately it didn't work. Um, but I don't know. So I feel like I'm still very much in like the early stages and there's a lot of things that I'm experiencing for the first time, but I also feel like I'm in a place in my relationship structure where I'm really happy and I could, I could do this and be fine. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I kind of go all over the place. (laughs) Is there anywhere that you hope to go or you were sort of saying like this groove seems like a (laughs) groove for you? Yeah, this groove seems great. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know. I'm, I'm really like a go with the flow kind of person. So I'm just hoping that it goes in a direction that has me being happy and me making other people happy, however that works out. And if that means that I stay like this for the rest of my life and nothing changes, I'd be fine with that. I'm very happy right now. Um, and if that means that I have like a horde of more partners, you know, over the years, that's fine too. Um, just kind of wherever it takes me, as long as people are happy and getting their needs met, I feel like that is the direction I want to go in. So why do you think you are Polly? Because I don't, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I've ever thought maybe that monogamy was anything but bullshit in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, everybody, everybody presses it on you and, you know, they all wanted that for me and my, my whole family is just, you know, when are you when are you going to get married and settle down? And I'm just, I don't see any reason why I have to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it's so expected of us too, that it almost makes me like angry and like, I will never do monogamy again. And partially because everybody is like, so is so stuck on the idea that I should, mm-hmm. that I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I don't want to. Cause you said I should. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why did you agree to be interviewed? Um, I've been listening to this podcast since it started, uh, and I found it really interesting. Um, and I think that everybody has like unique things to offer in the conversation and everybody can learn different things from listening, whether it's something that they have gone through or not, or even something that, you know, people have talked about already. Um, for instance, like coming out, I feel like everybody on the podcast could talk about coming out and it would be a different episode every time. Yeah, so absolutely. I just thought that it was really interesting. Kind of want to just throw my two cents in there, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's great. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. 
The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. All right, and we're back. Uh, and so today's topic that you had uh, decided on was coming out and specifically like coming out to your religious family. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us about that. How did you come out? Uh, it's it's real complicated. Okay, so um, <laughs> <Take> for, <your> <laughs> for a little bit of background, um, I... My mom and dad separated when I was about one or so. Uh, so my mother was not a part of my life growing up for the most part. Um, I, I saw her a couple of times, but she wasn't really a part of my upbringing really in any way. Um, so I was raised by my dad. Um, and my dad's side of the family is all, uh, straight, white, and very, very strictly Catholic. Um, they, you know, like churchgoers and, you know, dictating what they do in their lives and what I should do in my life based on their own religion. I was, uh, I was baptized as a baby, which I grew to not agree with as an adult, but nothing I can do about it. Um, so when it came time uh, around 16 for me to be confirmed in the Catholic church, I said no. Uh, and my family still asks me about it all the time. Every time I see my grandmother, she's when are you going to get confirmed? You've been putting it off. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Almost 30. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> really not off. doing what that. What I mean yeah. is I decided not yeah. to do it. <laughs> right. Um, so that's a thing. And I think that they all keep asking because they're thinking that at some point I will you know, like, realize how amazing it was and want, you know, to be, like, so close with my family, so I'll, like, do it almost for them, uh, which is very strange to me. I don't know why, I don't know why you would want a person to do that for you. I don't know why it would, you would even accept a person doing that for anything right. but themselves, but, you know, whatever, very, very different views in life. Um, and so when I realized that I was queer, 
I was like, oh, nope, we keep our mouths shut about that. We don't talk about this. How old were you when you realized you were queer? Oh, I was probably maybe about 14 when I actually, like, admitted it to myself. Um, I think even at that time, like, looking back on ways that I had felt as a child, I think I knew kind of a little bit growing up that something was not quite right about me, I guess. Um, And there was a lot of shame that came with that because we would like, you know, see gay people on the street and my grandfather would have something to say about it, you know, and I'm just like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) not going to talk about it. Um, So it was very uh, gay is not the way growing up. So I had no one to really talk to about that. Um, And when I was 16, I was actually outed by a bunch of girls in my high school. Oh, Um, shit. Yeah, online. And my my dad found that and brought it to my attention. And I was like, well, yeah, that's that's a thing. They're not lying. So, you know, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really sorry that happened to you. That sounds awful. That was yeah. not great. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty over it now. But at the time, it was like a source of a lot of bullying in school. And there were girls that were on my dance team that were trying to get me kicked off the dance team for looking at them in the locker room, even though they were total bitches. And that is not something that I ever would have wanted to do. Um, eventually, I did get kicked off the dance team. And I have a very strong theory that that's the reason why. Um, But there were a lot of other little reasons that they gave that didn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So that just became a thing and it made high school kind of horrible. Shortly after all of that, I got my first girlfriend and my dad just completely like blew his lid. It was a big thing. He was like screaming at her on the phone. She wasn't allowed to talk to me. Yeah. We had to like sneak around and all that. Oh my Uh, God. Yeah. So that was, that was not great. Um, Eventually he kind of got better at it and the rest of my family was just like, okay, whatever you're going to do, it's your kid. Um, He got better about it and, he would have her over for dinner or like for Christmas and big holidays, but didn't want to tell my, uh, my little child sister anything about it. Didn't want her to like know that that was a thing because just Emily's friend. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. religion. (laughs) So he was like, you can bring her here for Christmas. Uh, but like, she is your friend and you are not to touch her and all that. And like, they would come over to our house and it was the same thing. Like she and I lived together. And when they came over, it was like, don't go too close to each other. And it was kind of ridiculous. I'm honestly looking back, not really sure why I put up with it, but like being raised by just my dad without my mom around he like I wanted that parental figure to stay in my life so bad um that I was just like whatever this is fine it's totally understandable I (laughs) mean plus you're you know 16 17 18 years old while this is happening right and so you know you're you're still very dependent on right family yeah so it was it was a big thing and then after I moved out it kind of seemed like it was going to get better eventually um and then Uh, my girlfriend asked me to marry her and I accepted and my dad told me that he would never support my lifestyle and that he was a religious man and no longer wanted me in his life the night that I got engaged he told me this um oh my god yeah (laughs) that was my response too uh so that was a real big fight 
for a couple of years. And, um, and how old were you when all this happened? I was 21. Wow. Uh, she and I ended up splitting up uh, probably about a year after that. We did, we did not get married, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> um, so that ended, and then it was a good maybe almost a year after that before I saw my dad again. And at that time that I saw him, we got to talking and he found out that I had been dating a man for a while. Mm -hmm. So suddenly he wanted me to come over for dinner Mm -hmm. and he wanted to meet my boyfriend and all of this, which I was like totally fine with, but I'm like, okay, but this doesn't take away the gay. It's still there. (laughs) Uh, Even if you're not having to see it. Mm -hmm. But I think that that was something that he was just hoping that he could just not have to think about it if he didn't have to look at it. And then it was, surprise, I'm Polly. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it was a while before that. I was actually, I was talking to my uh, uh, now girlfriend for a little while, and he kind of, he kind of just completely, like, blindsided me. And I was sitting on his couch eating dinner, and my dad goes, you have a girlfriend, don't you? And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't really want to talk about this right now because at this time I also had a male partner who I had just moved in with around the block from my father Mm -hmm. uh, in a house that he actually owns. So he sees us all the time. Uh, Yeah. So I was like, well, this is a really difficult conversation. And he had like just gotten like truly okay with the gay thing. A couple of things happened in the middle of there. Um, And then he finally like accepted everything. And I was seeing a girl for a while and he had her over and everything was fine. Um, So he got cool with the gay thing. And then the poly thing happened. And I was like, how many heart attacks can I give this person (laughs) at one time and have him realistically still want to be in my life? Like at some point, I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, And every time there's ever anything said about it, it all leads back to the church and and being Catholic and the whole like one man, one woman thing. And it's like, oh, that that really just means you get one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't buy that. So that's just kind of been a big struggle. And to this day, I think that he doesn't really understand. He has he's met my girlfriend he's had her over for like she came with with me to christmas like he's met her plenty of times but he hasn't actually spent any time with me and both my partners at the same time so i think that there's a dynamic he doesn't understand um and he insisted that well they must also be dating each other they're both dating me and they're not Mm -hmm. uh he was very surprised to find out that my girlfriend is married uh, and we were talking about it and he's like, oh, well, you know, like what, what happens if her husband gets mad? And I'm like, well, her husband knows. And he literally <laughs> turned around in his chair and stared at me and he was like, what do you mean he knows? And I'm like, I mean, he knows. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, such a secret. Nobody's yeah. doing anything right. like, that's, we're that's not the cheating. whole yeah. thing is that everybody knows. So he was just, he like kind of ate the rest of his dinner in silence. Like, I can't believe that she's dating this married woman and doesn't have problems with her husband. And I'm just like, no, we're actually, we're actually great friends. He's pretty dope. So, um, yeah, so that, that became a thing. And it's just, he just doesn't, he just doesn't get it. And with the whole the whole religious aspect to it, I don't know that he ever will necessarily understand it. And for that reason, actually, he's the only member of my family on that side who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my mom's side has been totally fine 
with whatever I've thrown at them, the gay thing, anything. Um, but I also didn't grow up with them. Sure. Um, so like, it's nice to have that acceptance from them, but I don't know them as well. They were not this like huge, uh, like super integrated part of my upbringing. Um, they so are, I, I don't, are they as Catholic? Or? Um, they are they are like non denominational Christians for the most part. Um, so they do go to church and you know they they all pray for each other and everything else. But like everything's cool. We have like other queer family members and just people doing kind of their own thing. And everybody's like, all right, come eat some tamales. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you mentioned that your dad's side of the family is white, but your mom's side of the family is... Uh, they Mexican. are Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I know a lot of Mexicans who are Catholic, so I wondered if it's coming from both sides. And no, I was like, oh, no, no, actually, the my mom's side has been very, like... The, I'm, I'm very different from them still. There are no other poly people in my family. I don't think any of them have actually heard of polyamory before, sure. uh, before me and knowing that this is something that I'm doing. Um, but they were pretty quick to pick up on it. They were like, all right, Emily is dating two people. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it didn't really become a thing with them. And I don't, I don't want to say that their acceptance means less to me because I didn't grow up with them because it does mean a lot to me. But it's not... Um, it's not something that I spent so much of my life wanting so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's less so it doesn't charge. right. So it doesn't exactly have the same kind of effect it does on me when my dad's like, "Bring your girlfriend over," and it just like makes me a completely brand new person for a couple of days. Um, wow. It do- it doesn't have that same effect on me, but it's still really nice to have a a big huge cluster of people that I that are my family that I know have my back. And I'm sure my mom is listening, like, wondering why I'm talking about my family like they're terrible to me. I'm not talking about you, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also kind of wanted to go over, like, the pros and cons of being out just in general, because I think with with homosexuality, it's a little bit easier and, you know, not to diminish how, how hard that is, but it is a protected, like orientation right Right. so a lot of spaces you are somewhat protected and i feel like people have been coming out for so long um as gay that it's maybe not even like a super surprise or they have to ask a bunch of questions or that they don't understand what gay means yeah um but because polyamory isn't very well known and isn't protected it's a little bit riskier um there are definitely a lot of uh, benefits to it but I mean was there a part of you that ever thought I will never come out to my family um a little bit at the beginning um they had such a hard time with me coming out as queer that not only was it something that I just didn't think that they were going to understand because it you know like you said being queer you that has representation now you see that in movies you see it in the news like people are doing it all over the place and well, so and people so understand much of that the discussion over the last 15 years like in culture has been mm-hmm. about the right to get married right so it's sort of like a, oh no we're just like everybody else yeah. just give us this thing and right. it will be just like you. We'll buy the picket fence house, you know, mm-hmm. and right. 
that not that that is actually representative of queer reality, but that has been the cultural conversation of queer identity for like the last fifteen years. Right, we're all normal. Right, yeah. look yeah. how normal we are. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of something that of just trying to, especially with a with a family who's like very strictly religious, like mine, just trying to constantly defend the point of I'm exactly like you, except. I do it with women. <laughs> um, and over time, I think that that they like most of my family kind of came to a point where they were like, OK, this we don't particularly like this, but we love you and it's fine. Um, but do you think there's any generational? Uh, you know, uh, I used to, but it was actually, it was a very weird mix. Um, I thought that it would be the other way around, but it was my dad, actually, the youngest uh, member of his side of my family, who was totally against, uh, you know, me being engaged to a woman. And then it was actually my, like, my older aunts and my grandparents who bought my wedding dress and mm -hmm. helped me mail out my my save the dates and all of this so that was it was kind of I felt like it was backwards yeah. uh, like I expected it to go the other way around like one of my uncles even made a joke uh, when he found out that I was engaged to a woman and he was like I can't wait to see the look on your grandma's face when you tell her but like in a bad way you know he's like oh you're gonna give your grandma a heart attack it's gonna be great Right. Uh, yeah, so that was not cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think that there is like a, a generational difference. Um, but I was surprised, very surprised that mine didn't go that way because they're very like traditional type of people. Right. Um, but well, and I don't think I didn't have that experience, you know, like a black and white generational issue. I mean, I think it's one of those things where there may be a tendency of people who are younger to be more accepting, but that doesn't mean everybody is. And right. Um, when I when I got engaged, the worst reaction in my whole extended family, and I have a chunk of very religious extended family members also, um, came from one of my cousins who's younger than I am. And like, I think actually her horrible reaction kind of made everybody else realize like, uh oh, we don't want to look like that. So <laughs> right. get it together nice. and right. you know, show support. Yeah. Right? Like we may not be comfortable with this, but we will suck it up and be, you know, a supportive family. Right. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that might have had a part to do with it too, because my, my dad's side of the family is very small. Um there's I I grew up with like nine people. Uh and that was like my my whole family that I knew. So I think that maybe a part of it, I've always been very, very close with my grandparents and they have pretty much loved me unconditionally through anything, even though they were very vocal about the things that God says I should not do, uh, even though I was doing them anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but my my grandparents kind of were like, rallying for me a little bit and trying to make sure that I was going to have a nice wedding, uh, even though they didn't really like agree with it. And my grandmother cried tears of joy when I started dating a man afterwards, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. literally cried in front of me, uh, oh. you know, but also at the same time, I think that they all saw that I had just lost my relationship with my father. And at the time, my sister was still a young child and he had all the control of whether or not I was able to speak to her and have a relationship 
relationship with her. Aww. So I lost my my dad and my stepmom and my little sister, who is absolutely the brightest ray of sunshine in my entire life. And they're all like, well, and her mom lives across the country, so we got to be there for her even if we don't like it. Right. So I think that might have been a part of it. still love you. Yeah. Yeah. Even though this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob had come out to his parents as Polly while we were dating. And then when we got engaged, they literally sat us down and were like, we cannot support this marriage if you're con- going to continue being Polly. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Which was an awkward conversation. And I literally was like, well... For me, polyamory is part of my identity. It's just like being bi. And I realized then that I was also coming out <laughs> oh, as bi. Them, yeah. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. It's so funny uh, when you realize, like, oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah. I hadn't I was like, out to this person before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a bit awkward. But also um, about uh, probably two weeks before that, I had, I had found out I was pregnant. And I had decided to not date while pregnant. So I was like, well... At the moment, and I wasn't lying, you know, at the moment we are taking a break and uh, we're not, we are going to be monogamous with one another and focus on our family, focus on our, our wedding. And they were like, okay, well, well, then we can, we can pay for part of the wedding. And I was like, oh, oh is that what you meant? Like support <laughs> the wedding? Like literally financially support like, the wedding? I thought you meant like emotionally Like support, support? us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh and I was God. like, I mean, I'm not going to say no to money, but like, right. thank you. But um, yeah. And so... So, and we have never had the conversation with them since, and it's been years. Um, so as far as they're concerned, we're monogamous because I don't want to deal with that ever again. Right. You know? And now, I mean, now that we have a child, I am worried that they might be shitty about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they would try to take away some parental rights or something because we're unfit parents. Right. And and that's bullshit, and I don't think they would do that. Because also, I, I, I think in a... In a a, a different shitty way. I have the control for them to never see their granddaughter again, you know, and right. and I would never do that. But also, if they're going to be assholes, like they probably know better. <laughs> like right, I would, right. I would hope yeah. that like but this is yeah. a fight they're going to lose. This is yeah, right. this is and not a good fight. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's like that's something that has kind of uh, made me really weary of coming out as Polly to most of my family. Um, like I said, on my dad's side, my my dad and and his little cluster are the only people I believe who actually know, aside from one really cool uncle who <laughs> has always been just the shit all the time. Um, but, you know, I it was difficult when I came out as queer and coming out as something even less understandable to them after they tried so hard to put aside their own personal feelings for me before and be there for me, even when they probably realistically didn't want to. Um, Like just the idea of going to them and asking them to be okay with something that is like so far off for them is not only not a conversation that I want to have, but I don't know how beneficial it would be anyway. Right. Right. Um, my my grandparents, I'm not as close with them now as I used to be. They actually live out of town now, so I very rarely see them. Um, because of that, it's not altogether likely that they will ever actually meet my girlfriend. I would like them to, um, 
but you know, if it, if it doesn't happen, I don't even know that they know that she exists at this point. I haven't right. spoken to them in a very long time. Um, so it just kind of sounds really uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. to see them after a really long time and then unload all this stuff on them that there's no way they're going to be able to comprehend because no matter what, it's all going to be seen as everybody cheating on each other. Um, and also I fear the same reaction from them that I had one of the reactions that I had from my father was that he was very, very certain that I was getting drawn into this like relationship with this woman. And eventually the only way that it could possibly end was for me to get my heart broken because she's married. And God says that marriage is before me always because they went and they got married and they did the thing before God and everybody. So that was always going to be more important. And that like in in the eyes of God, she only had space in her life for her husband and never for me. And so it was only going to end badly for me. Um, and trying to explain to him that we don't really have like a hierarchy going on. Um, we don't have like a primary and secondary in our relationship structure, but she was already married long before I met her. Uh, so that's not something that bothers me. <laughs> um, that was a difficult conversation to have with somebody who kind of keeps going back to like what Jesus would say (laughs) about everything that I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, but try, try in your mind, I guess, (laughs) to take that out of the equation because I'm not thinking of it like that. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm really impressed with how deeply you're getting into it with these people. I mean, like I am (laughs) out to my parents, but I have not gotten into it like that. Like (laughs) they know of, one of my partners Mm -hmm. and they know that I'm kind of dating, but they don't know about, you know, they don't, they don't, I have not tried to integrate my whole life Mm -hmm. into my -hmm. life with them. I think that a lot of it was that I was so heartbroken and devastated after my dad's reaction to me being queer and wanting to marry a woman. And for a long time, knowing that I probably like I I like men still but I probably never wanted to marry one so at the time if the time came in my life that I ever got married this may happen again and I had no way to know that it wouldn't um so it kind of during that time that my dad and I didn't speak because of his religious views he that that's his whole reasoning that he gave was that he was a religious man even though when I was growing up I sang in church choir and I asked him to come and hear me sing and he told me no because he didn't want to go to church so I don't understand but it's fine (laughs) I'm not bitter (laughs) no not at all (laughs) people aren't hypocrites no not they would never um but it was just during that time that he was not speaking to me, I was, I was very heartbroken and I was grappling with it completely alone. I, nobody really like understood. And the people who did understand, like my, my queer family, the people that I choose to surround myself with are all very like, oh, if he doesn't love you for you, then fuck that guy, you know? And I'm like, oh, but he's my dad. Like that's, it's not that simple for me. Right. And growing up also, I only had the one parent. So mm-hmm. it's not like a situation where like, oh, my dad doesn't accept me, but I still have my mom. Like I, I do have my mom, but I didn't have that kind of growing up childhood connection with her that had been forged over years. Like right. we just, just started, different. we yeah. just started having a relationship when I was 16 years old. So, um, 
the fact that she accepted me was wonderful in my life, but also not really a surprise to me because she didn't know me my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I didn't expect her to be upset about who I am because she had no idea who I was. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just really, really complicated in a lot of ways because of all that. Yeah. And I feel like it's, uh, it's pretty common in the poly community for people to weigh the pros and cons of like, Mm -hmm. what benefits, if any, am I going to get out of coming out to this person? And what cons am I going to get out of coming out to this person? And 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 weighing them out. Sometimes the cons outweigh the pros, and and mm-hmm. you kind of just have to be like, all right, well, is the con of of being in the closet and having to lie about partners, and sometimes having to make the relationship that is very very significant seem insignificant, saying right. this person is just a friend. Yeah. Um, and that feels bad for everyone. Uh. Is that worth not, you know, jeopardizing a relationship with your family or having a really awkward... Like, that's that's <laughs> usually my, like, my limit, my boundary is, like, I don't like awkward situations or conversations, so <laughs> right. I just, like, like, want to avoid that at all possible. Um, and, yeah, and I think that oftentimes, especially for polyamorous folks, and maybe less so with, um, uh, like, gay folks, because your only partner you're going to be home, bring home to your parents is probably like yeah, of the same right. sex as you. So, right. um, yeah, I, I feel like the cons usually outweigh the pros. Well, and it's yeah. a really interesting challenge, I think, because like, I, I really prefer to come out in context. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I hate those, like, can we talk about something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't no. like that either. I have, con- <laughs> I have a cancer yeah, conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no, not kind at of all. not going to do those, but I'm out to my kids Mm-mm. and I need to create a, like I'm responsible for creating a space that's safe for them mm-hmm. to talk about what they observe and what they think in my life. And so like, if I'm out to the kids, I got to be out to my parents because well, sure. no, that's a good point. You know, yeah. then I can't like, oh, they yeah. have to be able to talk about it if right. they want to. And I don't think they particularly want to, mm-hmm. but it does shade some of my other decision making like okay how can i work this coming out conversation in naturally to like their friend's parents right because i don't think like my daughter's friend telling her mom is probably the right way to handle it right Yeah, and, like, and as you were saying that, I was like, oh, I absolutely will come out to my daughter. I will be 100% honest with her about everything. And then I was like, wait, but the grandparents do babysit her often, and she is going to talk one day. Oh, she's going to wow, talk one yeah. day soon. <laughs> Very and there's soon, this yeah. person so. in Rob's life who she's clearly going to be talking about. Yeah. Cause right. And who they we talk about, honestly. Together. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's probably going yeah. to come up again soon right. out of no, necessity. No, I mean, they may be, you know, able to willfully not notice. And yeah, like, denial la, la, denial la, la, is la, la. very uh, powerful yeah. in their yeah. family, it right. turns out. Yeah. yeah. I haven't figured out how to have these conversations with my cousins and stuff yet, but I'm kind of thinking like, oh, shit, I probably have to figure that out now. Yeah. Well, and when I was a child, I, and I mean, child, like uh, 12-ish, when my parents were getting a divorce, um, my mom always wanted me to, like, like, don't tell your dad I'm dating or don't, you know, and, and back and forth, Mm-mm. putting me in the position where, and I'm a terrible liar. So, of course, <laughs> if I was lying to my dad, he knew immediately I was lying. And he was like, you know, and, and then, but my dad put me in the same position of being like, so 
I saw a car was over at your house because we lived like a mile away. You know, I, right. I saw there was a car in the driveway. Whose car was that? And I'm like, don't ask me. It's not my fucking right. car. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Yeah, that's just not right. to put. It, Yeah, it's horrible. So I would never do that to a child. That's yeah. And I mean, gross. I actually also had similar situations when I was growing up of my dad being not monogamous, but as like insisting that he was monogamous. Mm. And as a as a single dad, there's not a whole lot of stuff for you to do with your kid when you go out on dates you kind of have to take them sometimes <laughs> and uh, I right. have I have a lot of memories of being a child and going along with my dad while he hung out with different women other than the woman that he dated for 10 years while I was growing up um, and it was never a big thing sometimes it was oh we're gonna go hang out with this girl because she has a son your age so this is a play date for you <laughs> Interesting. and then they were snuggling on the couch and then mm. when we leave, did you have fun? Okay, remember, we're not going to talk about this. Wow. Yeah. So I had a lot of examples of bad non-monogamy in my life as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah so, sure. yeah. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, yeah, and so I had to come out to my ex-partner also because clearly sure. the kids were going to be talking. Yeah. And she's actually been great. Like, I mean sort of comically but you know like i'll take it right <laughs> yeah like it's always wants to be like oh so how's so and so i don't want to have this conversation with you right right <laughs> this is awkward you're, great, ma- yeah. you're making it's, it weird thanks those yeah. talks are always weird and i don't know if there's even a way to get around it even if it comes out naturally and you you it just gets brought up on its own i don't know if there's a not awkward way to talk about it <laughs> right, um yeah. i think that that coming out um in it, as anything is awkward no matter how you got to do it um mm-hmm. but overall i think that one of one of the pros to me coming out as Polly was being able to live my life in a house that is less than 200 feet away from my dad and he's gonna see multiple people coming and going <laughs> um Right. And, you know, and I'm like, well, I can just I can just not tell you and just tell you it's not your business and not to worry about it. I can tell you that these are my friends or I can just be upfront and be like, this is a thing that I'm doing and I'm not going to hide it from you. And I think that when I when I came out as queer and it went so badly, I spent all of that time trying to figure out how I was going to get him back into my life. And eventually it kind of morphed into me figuring out how I was going to live my life without my dad if I had to. Right. And so mm-hmm. when it came time to come out as Polly, I was like, this could go really badly, but I spent years preparing myself to lose you. So being real with myself and being true to myself and the things that are making me happy outside of my relationship with my father was more important to me than the con of this could really blow up really mm-hmm. badly it right. just it became more important to me over time because i figured it out he didn't give me a choice so i had to figure out how to handle it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah. once you actually then know that you can handle it it's a there's a freedom in that yeah and it kind of became a situation of you know i don't i don't want to not have my dad in my life i love my dad very very much uh we see we see a lot of things very differently. Um, but for the most part, we've we've kind of come up with ways to either, I, I mean, essentially avoid it or mm. just come to each other and be like, I feel this way, you feel this way, and we don't have to fight about it. We can just be different people. Um, I, I, I love him with such a huge part of my heart, but if I have to lose you for this, 
you already taught me how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be fine. Right. Uh, I also think that it's, it's a nice um, kind of stance to take to be like, I'll never lie to you, but only ask questions that you want answers to. Right. You know? And I think that's why I like went so deep, like you were saying into like the, all the little nuances of my relationships mm-hmm. with him and stuff. It's not because I was wanting to like, like, you know, just like shove it in his face and be like, right. this is what I'm doing. He was asking me these questions, mm-hmm. which I thought, was a positive thing that he was like, okay. And instead of just like assuming things that he would Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. ask, um, his reactions weren't the best, but the fact that he didn't want to just make his own assumptions about my life and then just form opinions based on that, I guess was a positive. And, um, I don't know, maybe over time things will get a little bit better once he's like known my girlfriend longer or, you know, just kind of has had more time to sit with it and get to know my partners on a deeper level as individuals, Mm -hmm. I think that maybe it just might end up being different. We'll see. Also, if he learns anything about polyamory as time goes on, I think that would help. Like, just as you were saying before, that he thought that your um, metamor didn't know about you. Right. Like, he was like, he had this assumption that it was cheating, that you are dating a married woman who's cheating on her husband. And of course, he would probably think that was negative. Right. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I get if if I was actually doing that and my father thought that was a negative thing, that would make sense. Yeah. Right. But as I think as he realizes how ethical you're Mm -hmm. being and how, you know, cool the people involved are, then maybe he'll come around. Yeah. And it won't be like in his head, he'll know it's not a bad thing. Right. Right. And I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of maneuver those, those conversations and stuff with him, but in a, not in a way where I feel like we're constantly having them because I don't want him or myself, honestly, to get overwhelmed. Um, but like one of, one of the other things about him, and this also goes back to like him being super religious and having an idea of what a family is supposed to be. Uh, he is very, very insistent that I give him grandchildren. Um, oh. I do not want to have my own children. I am mm-hmm. actually very actively avoiding that. That is not something that I ever want to do. Pregnancy is not something I ever want to experience. I have made that decision for myself and he's having a really hard time accepting that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though he has another child to give him (laughs) grandchildren if that's what she wants to do. But um, he is always, you know, and he usually says it in like a joking way. Like, when are you going to give me a grandbaby? You know, and it's like a joke. But I'm like, okay. That's one but of those that's jokes that's not really a joke. Right. right. And I'm like, right. ha, hilarious. But at some point you have to realize I'm not going to do that just because you're making jokes about it. I'm right. not going to be like, oh, that was hilarious. Let me pop out a child. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. That's go. not going to be a thing. Um, but there's also like other alternative situations to being a parent that can happen when you're poly and all those doors can open for you. For instance, my girlfriend has a child mm-hmm. um, and she is a wonderful kid. I, I again, don't want kids for myself. I generally don't even like kids, but this kid is particularly awesome. Like, <laughs> she's great. Um, and it's difficult because she and I have discussed you know, and like, and her, her husband has also discussed with her the idea of at some point in the future, like having like a three parent type of deal for her where my girlfriend and I would be able to live together. We would all live together. And, you know, cause I'm already a pretty, uh, 
important person in this kid's life and she kind of sees me already as one of her people Mm -hmm. um so we you know the discussion has been had a little bit of you know maybe down the road having like a third parent situation and that would be an instance in in my heart of me having a child Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i worry a lot that he's never gonna see it that way and that he's still going to always insist that I get married and have children of my own in order for them to be his real grandchildren. Right. So that's that's a conversation that um, that honestly, like my my partner and I have ju- just started having as a hypothetical because it's sure. still very early. But it is something that crosses my mind a lot because I do wonder. Uh, uh, my dad is actually getting more involved in the church as he gets older, oh, yeah. um, and like his his wife just converted and they're this this little church family now and you know which is fine if that's what you do if that's what brings your family together but is there any situation that i find acceptable of me ever hypothetically becoming a mother that is ever going to be acceptable to my family like am i going to be able to bring this kid who i feel is my kid to holidays and have my family actually treat her as such, I have no idea. And that really might be something that evolves over time. Right. Like, my ex was very worried about whether her parents would see our kids as her Mm -hmm. kids. They, I gestated them. Yeah. And we were fully in together on the whole process Mm -hmm. and choose legally their parent also like we spent all the money on all the lawyers and jumped through all the hoops and Mm -hmm. those kids have two legal parents but really it was they had the time to get used to the idea between engagement wedding Mm -hmm. pregnancy like all like they saw all of that and so they had that time to get used to it Mm -hmm. and they were fine but I think they needed all that time to get used to it. Like, you know, and it may be a thing where, like, as you talk about it more and, you know, as he might meet this charming child, Mm -hmm. like, not with an expectation of this is grandpa, but just, like, this is, you know, this charming child and let's go, you know, play frisbee in the park or whatever. Like, it might evolve. Right. And there's just, there's so many other alternate ways that it could evolve too. Like it could become a situation like I've never really seen myself as like a parental type. And to this particular child, I think that, that maybe I could see myself evolving into that because I care about her a lot. But there's also the possibility that I could later decide, you know, I I love her and I love being a part of her life and a trusted person in her life, but maybe I don't want to be her mom, you know, and I don't, I don't know. I can't say whether or not that's going to happen, but then there's the whole idea with the family not understanding also like how the the dynamic of the relationship works and then automatically always putting me in a secondary position to the a man that she has a child with because I chose not to be a part of that. And so there's so many different ways that it can go. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Everything's and I so think uncertain. there's plenty of ways, too, that, like, you can have a good relationship in, you know, a child's life that is not parental. Right. But that is still, like, a trusted adult and one of her people. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think, like, my children feel that way about one of my partners and his wife, like they're clearly part of the, their people. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, you know, they see them out in public sometimes even when I am not there because of where my son goes to school and where my metamor works. Um, like they encounter each other, they, they encounter each other in the wild. <laughs> and, uh, and I think like that's something that the kids like, like, you know, I don't know that, you know, the seventh grader is not going to go announcing or admitting this, but right. like, you know, you, you know, <laughs> you yeah. can tell. Well, we are nearing the end of the episode, but I was wondering if you had any advice for people that are coming out. Um, I have I have a lot of conflicting advice for people <laughs> who are coming out. Part of me is like, do it, do it as soon as you can or as soon as you're ready. And another part of me is like, you know, if you don't want to, that's also fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, just, just don't do it before you're comfortable. And if you're out it, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That sucks so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's it really. Just if you're, if you're going to do it, be ready because there's no way to anticipate whether people are going to have questions and what kind of questions they're going to have. So if you know that you're coming out to people who have like very strict religious beliefs like mine, and you feel that they're going to attack you as soon as you come out, like just make sure that you're ready and that you know that it's worth it. And that you are prepared to defend yourself because you may have to. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. It was certainly an interesting, lively discussion. (laughs) Thank you for that. All right. So that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank my husband, Rob, for helping us through our many sound issues and thank myself for editing the podcast so we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. We will forever be grateful for any contribution you can manage to making this podcast better and more efficient. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye. Bye.